Okay. Hey, so I, I, uh, I messaged that to you. Oh, okay, I'll check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where was this on? This was from the Donald. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That 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 sounds seems <laughs> like something that would be there. The first comment under it says This is actually international law. You must apply for asylum in the first safe country you wander into. You don't get to keep on going and jump safe countries. It's the law the UN won't enforce, <laughs> but Trump might. With 931 <laughs> likes. Yeah, I think people do do that a lot, I think. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And more people... Yeah, and I think more people would go to Mexico come to the U.S. at this point. I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. I think more people go across into Mexico than come across this way? That's a good question. I, I would be interested to see some some way to measure that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mexico's been having a problem on its southern border. <laughs> well, they have lots of problems. <laughs> that may be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny you were on the Donald. Oh, yeah. I'm subscribed to it, so I see it in my home feed. <laughs> I'm one of the, um, let me see, 624,000 subscribers. Oh, my God. <laughs> his... yeah, you know, his his tweet, that was like, trial. <laughs> You, you think... cut out again. That was kind of weird. He uh, he tweeted that we should kick out all the people coming without like a court trial or anything. Oh right, yeah. That I thought that was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, there's there's no <laughs> way to justify saying that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty hilarious as the president. Yeah. I mean, we get the point. <laughs> Ignoring the most... I think yeah. that people get the point, but they're like, you can't do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of... It's very basic to... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay, we can talk about the lecture. Oh, okay. <laughs> or did you want to talk about that? Did you have something from that? About what? About the lecture. Oh, yeah, definitely. You might, you mentioned that at the beginning, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of assumed this would be like I, the bulk of our talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's why I wanted to put it off and then i can also talk about um like what i was thinking it, it's kind of a critique. oh yeah definitely but i think i think that'll come after that can come after the lecture okay because it's it's a bit different yeah definitely um 
yeah i'm I'm really interested to hear because like i mean i do also have some critiques i guess but for the most part i feel like i'm in i i guess that i am more sympathetic to his views than not yeah i guess, I guess we can we can talk about that now and then but I mean, maybe critique is too strong a word for what I have. Like, I'm, of course, pretty sympathetic mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. But, I don't, yeah, it happened because I, it was just, like, very briefly. But I talked about, or some people I read talked about Jordan Pearson mm-hmm. when I saw them. And it, it was, like, it was really weird. Oh, yeah. It's so um, weird to listen to people yeah. that don't like him talk about him. Yeah. And in this case, they didn't like it was just a very brief, some brief, very brief comments. What did they say? But and um, it was. And then I also remember the things they'd said before. But um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, this was this was what got me interested in uh, the critique, but. I think the first thing, the first comment, I think, was I was talking about it, about what I was reading this summer, and then I said I was reading The the Adolescent by Dostoevsky, and then the person was like, oh, that oh that must be a Jordan Pearson reading list book. <laughs> and then that was it. But then that person brought up, like, they were like, oh, yeah, I, I don't... I don't like him. And then he's like, him and someone else were like, or he said like someone had told him he like has only published one article and he's not a good researcher and doesn't know what he's talking about really on any topics. And I don't like him. Hmm. But okay, this is, this is kind of, I wasn't going to explain. Oh, yeah. this, if, you, this is kind if you want to, if you want to talk about this afterward, <laughs> I, I guess that's totally fine too. Oh no, the order is right. Um, it's just very fragmented, oh. but it, uh, because he asked like what they said. Oh, oh, but it's it's fine, and then it's just not all directly connected. Uh-huh. I think, but I don't. I'm just fleshing this out at the moment too. But and I think, oh yeah, and then I reread the article by Bernard Schiff that I sent oh, you. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, that, that, that really bad one. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. I read that a while ago. <laughs> I read that a while ago, and I thought it was like, I thought it was like one of the better critiques for some reason. And then I read it again, and I, and I just thought it was horrible. But it, I mean, the sad thing is, it, it's actually better than most of the critiques <laughs> out there. Well, you're right. Like, like, yeah, like the one in the New York Review of Books, like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like the the most prestigious American publication, that one like calls <laughs> Pearson like a fascist mystic or something. Yep. And then yeah, accuses him of uh, using some native people for credit or something of lying about uh-huh. involving that. But um, yeah. I'll, trying to find yeah kind of like i read that part what it was i read that kind of in the article the the one you sent me also 
um, where like he had some thing mm-hmm. where he was in like a tribe or something and had some sort of experience with that. And then he talked about it afterward. Yeah. And then people are mm-hmm. saying that he was completely like phony about all that. And yeah. like part of me wants to know like what happened. And the other part of me just like doesn't care at all. Like it's just such a random <laughs> thing that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very random. <laughs> and I, I don't think Peter I don't think uh, Peterson never wanted it to be like a political thing. <laughs> like it wasn't like he was he brought it up in some argument. Like I think he mentioned it. I don't know, he probably mentioned it somewhere for just because then now people are picking up on yeah. it. But... Yeah, that was kind of the sense I got for the entire article. It was just that he looked through like his entire history to find any sort of dirt he could like pull up on him. Like he didn't he didn't yeah. reference anything that had to do with him being his friend. <laughs> he just pulled up random stuff that he could have looked up online. The stuff about being a friend yeah, is so irrelevant. Like the fact that Peterson has spent <laughs> five months at his house when like everything yeah. was fine, but but he kind of used everything against against Peterson yeah, somehow. But none of it really made any sense. Yeah, the whole part about him being his friend yeah, was but... just like, yeah, he stayed in my house and it was actually really great. And he had a great family <laughs> and they worked really well together. But actually, they're terrible, as I learned many years later. <laughs> he He's dangerous, too. He, he's basically a fascist. Yeah, which he actually <laughs> says. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the quote I sent you, I thought was pretty interesting. He overwhelmed challenges with volumes of information that were hard oh, to yeah. process and evaluate. <laughs> Man. <laughs> like, too, too many facts is not, not an argument. <laughs> yeah, what kind of academic is he providing all this dense information for me to have to, like, think about? Yeah, I thought... I didn't remember being so bad the first time I read it. I thought that was absurd. <laughs> like they lived together for five months, so like if he's if he's like citing facts and lots of lots of facts, like just like ask him about them if you don't. I know, right? Agree with any of them. Like if you have five months and you're get having dinner together every <laughs> night, like, why wouldn't you do that? Yep. Yeah. And then, so, of course, he never, like, points to any specific information among those volumes of information. Because they're probably all, they're probably all pretty well-founded. Like, because I was thinking about all the critiques while I was listening to his lectures recently, and he's actually, like, very careful, I think, in general. And he qualifies, like, crazy. Like, like, they almost like every other fact that he cites there's like some qualification yeah in there even though even though he speaks very forcefully and very well and he's very animated he, like the actual words are pretty qualified mm-hmm. like if it's speculation or like a possible uh something that's possibly true he'll like say that that yeah it's a theory or whatever yeah yeah, he he does seem to be really good about that. I noticed that in the lecture we went to too, 
and we can talk about that more in a bit. Um, it's kind of funny, actually. Um, I, uh, I think I think either it was you or I or someone. I had, I told Kaylee that we had gone to the thing, and then I was telling her about it, and then she sent me an article about Jordan Peterson, <laughs> and it, of course it was like a really bad article that was just like ripping it apart. And and it quoted him, and it, it was basically about like it was about a bunch of people, but it, it had him in there, and then it used two quotes from him, and one of them was like that like feminists are crazy or something, and then the other one <laughs> was that man some other like either misogynistic or like hmm. racial thing. There were, there were only two yeah. quotes from him. Was it the enforced not? Oh, um, yes, yes, that was the other one. Oh, okay. What well, was it? The New York Times. Oh, man, oh, let me check. But so I sent her the actual videos of him saying those quotes, so that she would get the context. And it was just like, yeah. wow, <laughs> like <laughs> the. It was so like completely wrong how they quoted him. It's insane. Oh yeah, yeah. It was on the New York Times. The most... It was yeah. The I remember that article. The ignorant do not have an audience. The right to an audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the forced misogyny one is so bad. Oh my gosh! Like they cut off the quote exactly where, <laughs> exactly to make their point. I know. Good, but right before it's like, well, here's the explanation for. <laughs> Like that phenomenon. <laughs> yep. And here's like one way to uh, have that not have that be less of a problem. Yeah. Which is yeah, enforcement misogyny. It's almost which also it's not like you get people at gunpoint <laughs> and force them <laughs> to be monogamous. Or yeah, enforce monogamy. Yeah. Not misogyny, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like he's being too academic because academic words don't always mean what they mean in uh, normal context. Yeah, I I didn't even... Yeah, I read later that it was actually a real term in uh, psychology or sociology. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that, but it was obvious from, his con- from the context what he meant. Uh-huh. But on top of that, like, yeah... If it's a real term, you you should be even less uh, justified in messing that up so badly. Yeah, and so many people have used Especially, that quote. It's, it's just crazy. Especially like these people that are writing for the New York Times, like they probably majored in. <laughs> this is a bad stereotype, but this person probably majored in like psychology or sociology or something possibly at a good school yep but yeah I was thinking that that might be one like the anti-intellectualism might be one big part of why people hate him so much Hmm. he's citing like a lot of different authors that they're kind of the hallmarks of being well-read and like well-educated but 
people are, I don't know, maybe intimidated or like whatever reason people are anti-intellectual, it seems like he, his words trigger that. Yeah, I can say something like that. He definitely has the demeanor of it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty kind of arrogant. <laughs> or very confident anyways. Yeah, he's extremely confident and forceful. Mm-hmm. And he never backs down. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, that was from like the what I said my my friend had said. And then someone else Okay, oh this is all the stuff surrounding it is complicated, but I guess they just like couldn't imagine that I would read Dostoevsky for any other reason, which is really strange because yeah, because they I think they know like my my history with it, but yeah, maybe that's something that makes people uneasy as well. Really, what? Uh, just uh, I don't know how to how to put it, but it makes maybe it makes people uneasy that people actually enjoy reading or actually read these texts. Oh, <laughs> and maybe they feel like maybe they feel like they should, but they're not able to, or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They feel like you're reading it just to show how much better you are. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. But I, well, I mean, that's definitely what they think. I think. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, yeah, it's 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 too bad. Like I think we, we yeah, we were interested in similar things and then Jordan Peterson came up but I guess most <laughs> people aren't interested in in those things mm-hmm. well I mean makes sense yeah oh yeah I, I think it's it was interesting that you picked up the blank, blank slate I think that book would be an argument against your school idea had <laughs> that we've kept talking about oh with, right just like having kids <laughs> in in uh, uh apart from their parents and yeah i think and you're right indoctrinating them <laughs> yeah i think you are right i i definitely am getting a sense of like the sort of irrational evolutionary argument for why family is important because and it's a lot it seems to make a lot more sense to me mostly because it doesn't have to apply in every single circumstance it just has to be a good rule in order for it to be a convincing argument Mm -hmm. a good rule like a good general rule like there will be exceptions but as long as it works in general then that means that it uh, will work overall. 
mm-hmm. as like an evolutionary argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I think I think another thing I was going to say um I think maybe the fact that we've talked about um, Jordan Pearson and like it's been between us and like not involving other people has kind of skewed how we see the like the political aspect of it. Oh yeah, that's because most most people yeah most people don't approach it in the same way because they're not. Um, they have, they're not like intrinsically interested in the same sorts of things. So most people just like take it as a it's like a political stance, basically. Like if if you're asked like what do you think about Jordan Pearson, you're at, being asked to take a political stance. Generally. Right. Yeah. While like if we're asked that, we'd be like he has some interesting ideas, mm-hmm. probably, but. Other people, almost always, it's like, oh, I, I don't like him. I, I think he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or like, oh, he's great. He changed my life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get your point. He's such a kind of like celebrity now that having a position on him isn't a position really on his content, but more a position on him as a phenomenon. Yeah. Which is really strange. He is an act, like he's an academic. Yeah, I know. He actually does have, he actually does have like ideas, like he's, he's not just spouting off political opinions. Yeah, I know. It's so funny how, like, I mean, I can only imagine how people think of him, the people that write about him like they do, and that like just like think, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at these things I've read that he said. Like, I can't imagine what they think that he actually does when he goes up and does lectures. Yeah. But it's not at all. Like, we've seen it firsthand. It basically is just content. It doesn't have anything to do with politics, really. Yeah, definitely. Like, with the conversation I was telling about too like all of their like attacks were they were so irrelevant like and then like the fact that like saying he doesn't know what he's talking about or he's not educated in what in the topics he's talking about Mm -hmm. like uh, like a real actually a good or something that's relevant to say would be like oh he said this or he gave this idea and I disagree with that for this reason. Right, exactly. But like nobody, yeah, nobody talks about it in this, in that way. Yeah, and if you were to actually approach it like that, then it would be pretty likely that you would find some things that you found that were good and some things that you didn't like. Rather than just saying like, he said this thing I don't like, so he probably doesn't know anything. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Here, I'll leave back in just a sec. I have to use the restroom too. Okay. I'm back. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was going to say to follow up, if you do go to like a group of people that are that have an opinion on uh, Jordan Peterson, whether positive or negative, and you're like, uh, oh, I thought um, it was interesting how he argued that uh, really anything, any particular thing, like maybe about iterated games or thinking or whatever. I thought that was interesting. To say something like that, people will then you're already put into one of the two categories. You're put into basically the positive camp. Right, definitely. And then they'll, they'll be like, their response is going to be, oh, but he's like, he doesn't know what he's talking about or or maybe, oh yeah, I, that's great. I also like him a lot. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it's, they won't, I mean, I haven't really talked to many people about him in general, so I can't say this is a role, but definitely from the feeling I got about him and like seeing people talk about him, if you were, especially yeah. if you were with people that disagreed with him, it, they wouldn't mm-hmm. reply to your comment about him they would just reply to jordan peterson as the con uh, as like a topic <laughs> yeah they'd be like oh he's terrible how could you mention a quote by him <laughs> he's obviously yeah. wrong if it's from jordan peterson <laughs> yeah mm. so yeah it's so really I don't know, I, I'm, I can't pretend to understand how, I think I definitely understand it better than I did before, but I can't pretend to understand how he's had this kind of crazy reaction. This this feels like the two people I know are, like, and I think for a lot of other people too, it's not obvious to me that they, they would have such a negative reaction. Yeah, it's really weird. Or that they'd have to have like such a uh, like a dogmatic reaction in either way. 
Mm-hmm. Just like a strong mm-hmm. action in general. Yeah. Maybe one part of it might just be like his main appeal and that might be like the main reason people don't like him as well which is like the way he speaks and like how great of a public speaker he is. Like maybe people get very suspicious when they see someone like speaking in that way. It's like like in like a very charismatic way. And then if they can't evaluate the information, like like Bernard Schiff, the professor was writing, like if they can't evaluate the volumes of information, then they just put up like a defense wall uh, up. So, um, which is to reject everything he says. Yeah. I feel like maybe there's also a dimension of like a lot of the things he talks about are in reference to sort of traditional structures that have been viewed as like we've moved past these we're in the future now we're living in 2018 (laughs) you know yeah like he talks about like family structure and he talks about um like religion of course and just in general and very very positively yeah definitely yeah and and also just in general about like um, past civilizations and past uh, social structures and he doesn't talk about them only with criticism so people see him as like kind of a traditionalist and even yeah. though he obviously is taking like an extremely scientific view on most of these things like I don't think I think he definitely does like conjecture a lot and talk about his thoughts about things which I think is fine but um most of the things that he bases his uh, opinions on are like very scientific and he gives good reasons for them that are not based in like faith or just speculation but people see him talking about these topics and they think of him as a threat to like the new society yeah I I think so definitely especially with the deal with like trans people's pronouns right like people don't think of it as a bill about um like compelled speech which is strictly what it is they think of it as a bill about human rights and that the human rights are just naturally being extended to groups that we now socially recognize as being in need and i think like impeding that is only because of his traditionalist values. That's the only way that he could view it. That. Yeah, I, 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 um, I think, I mean, there were two different points there. I, I think, I don't know, when you get to like that specific issue or any particular issue, there, yeah, there's just, it's so complicated. I don't really know, like, everything that's at play. But I definitely I, uh, agree with, like, the first part um, about people seeing, like, talking about religion. And he's not just bashing it. So people just kind of put him in the category of being, like, a dogmatic traditionalist. Right. Conservative. Basically, like, 
an American conservative <laughs> or a, like a, a conservative Trump supporter. Right. He's, he's, it's kind of, he's very unique, I think, as a public fi- uh, figure who speaks about God and religion, but isn't uh, like a moron. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it confuses people. Yeah, I mean, it definitely confused me when I first was in the lot of things he said. <laughs> like, I definitely will concede that I had a lot of those kinds of preconceptions. Hmm. Like, know, especially know. listening to him talk to Sam Harris. Like, mm-hmm. I would say probably originally I would have been pretty much strictly on Sam Harris's side about everything that they talked about. But after listening to him explain his views, like it really, I think it introduced a lot of nuance that I hadn't been able to recognize before. When, when you listen to him on the podcast or after, or somewhere else? Um, well, mostly when I listen to him on the podcast. But of course, okay. I'd heard from him mm-hmm. in earlier areas, like on um, the Rubin Report and like looking up stuff about him yeah I've, I, I've watched a few of his YouTube videos but not yeah. as many as some of his followers might have <laughs> yeah I think I mean I, I must have been very curious when I saw like some of the topics he was talking about then I would have like looked into it further to see if he was dogmatic or if he actually had some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which ends up he does. Yeah. I would say that's pretty overwhelmingly true. Mm-hmm. It was funny that in the article that you sent me, um the I think his main point that he kept ir- iterating was that Jordan likes to uh, express his speculation and thoughts as facts, right? Yeah. Like, he kept saying that over and over. And he even mentioned that Jordan himself had said that he thought it was a problem, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, listening to him, I don't really ever feel like I'm getting tricked into thinking certain things are facts. And certain things are that shouldn't be facts, I guess, like are more factual now. Like it sounds more just like whenever I listen to anyone, <laughs> like they have their thoughts, and then he is pretty clear about the things that he has data about. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe I think there is some good for um, our talk, uh, our podcast to be delayed because. Uh, like I've been listening to his lectures. Uh, hmm. I did yesterday and today because I was like really curious about like the critiques and like things people are saying. So, so like I would pay attention and look for those things too, like like you did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's pretty. Like mostly, what I the impression I got was that he's actually more careful than I I would have imagined. It, once if I like carefully listen 
like he qualifies so much and it's like once I like paid attention to that it's, it almost gets annoying because he does it so much <laughs> like, well that's definitely a good sign yeah he's still a very good speaker so like, maybe it's not too much but he's yeah he's pretty careful I, I, I think what happened there I'm guessing Bernard the professor shift isn't lying but like he's the guy that like hired Jordan Peterson and he's like a senior member of the department and when he talked to Jordan he's like oh maybe you should not speculate so much and like keep closer to what you really know like w- what choice does Peterson have but say like oh, okay yeah you might be right. <laughs> yeah that's if, a good if, point <laughs> if nothing else just to like shut him up right yeah yeah and, and if mean... it's like a small classroom of like or medium size of 50 students like casual than the stuff he posts online so it's pretty normal to speculate and then um if someone tells you you should be more professional and not do that then you kind of have to say okay maybe you're right but yeah yeah i, mean, I think he's justified in speculating yeah i'd be interested to see like people criticizing him for that like i would be interested to see them present like a really a good case for it based on like maybe specific lectures that he's given and then to compare that to like literally anyone else (laughs) and be like so he's exceptional in this way how oh yeah (laughs) i I, I definitely think he speculates way more than other people but it's presented as speculation right right i think that's kind of his style with like you see like his topics uh go across like so many different genres and yeah you kind of have to but it also makes it not boring because if you're just specialized and you're talking about one narrow field and that's all you know about it's it's kind of boring to listen to yeah he definitely does a good job making things interesting and relating different topics yeah and this is all so annoying (laughs) like the article if it actually had a point I mean, it should have just written, okay, he made the speculation, and you can see it in this video. Because he's <laughs> uploaded, like, hundreds of hours of I know, video. right? So it's like, he made it here, and he shouldn't have done that because this is actually not true. And since he didn't even do it for even one quote out of, like, <laughs> probably millions of words that he's pub- he's written and spoken, like, it's really, it's annoying to even take it seriously. Like, it's it's really annoying especially for a professor yeah yeah literally oh oh my gosh (laughs) yeah let me i i have like i told you i wrote i copied down like a bunch of quotes from that article that i just thought were so ridiculous um man i i would have to look through them and go find ones that are relevant to the thing we're talking about now but yeah he doesn't he literally never presents any evidence for what he says. Like, he he talks about things um, in, like, the most speculative way possible. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah, 
More recently, when questioned about the merits of 12 Rules for Life, Jordan answered that he must be doing something right because he has because of the huge response the book has received. <laughs> How odd, given what he has said in that same interview about demagogists and cheering crowds <laughs> in relation to like dictators and stuff. Yeah. In an article published in January in The Spectator, Douglas Murray uh, once Douglas Murray described the atmosphere at one of Jordan's talks as ecstatic, in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, if you're insinuating anything, like, you can't do it any more clearly than that. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he is, he's more than insinuating, right? Yeah. But it's also weird to criticize someone just because someone, just because people actually like to hear him speak. Like, I know. He doesn't, like, he mentions the name of his book, probably so that when people search it, his article will come up. <laughs> but he doesn't say anything about the book at all. Like, he or, just says the title. Or the actual content of the speech, which is supposedly the same as Hitler. I know. Yeah. Like, so, so, so if Hitler spoke that way, but instead of kill the Jews, he was like, uh, let's free, let's free the blacks. <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah. Here's another good one. Calling Marxism a respectable political and philosophical tradition. Oh, oh yeah, murderous, that was hilarious. <laughs> and then in quotes, murderous conflates it with the perversion of those ideas in Stalinist Russia. <laughs> and wait. Wait, is that the end? No, my my phone keeps messing up. There, almost. Okay, here we go. Uh, murderous conflates it with the perversion of those ideas in Stalinist Russia and elsewhere where they were. That is like calling Christianity <laughs> a murderous ideology because of the blood that was shed in its name during the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the great wars of Europe. That is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> like, literally, I, if you yeah. had any sense of logical, like, academic <laughs> tradition, this would be, like, the if you wrote this as your thesis, like, you would get rejected. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And it's what? so funny. He, he mentions one example of um, where Marxism was uh, badly implemented uh, uh, um, con- conf- in a conflating and perversive way, apparently. But he mentions like five examples of where Christianity was murderous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is like so obviously biased. Since when is Marxism a respected. <laughs> I know, right? Feel, may- maybe in like. The last ten years, <laughs> maybe in cuckoo literary studies, but uh, yeah, um, and I don't. I mean, it's a lot more than Stalinist Russia and a few countries. Basically, every country that it's ever been implemented in. <laughs> that is, yeah. Uh, unlike Christianity, I, I mean that's not a good, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a it's a tough comparison, you know. 
Yeah. And literally, it's so funny, because, like, I think it's, it's not, like, the comparison does not work at all. Like, to compare Christianity to Marxism, like, Marxism, a respectable political and philosophical tradition, which has consistently, throughout its entire history, um, promoted the violent uprising of, like, the working class, (laughs) and has actually succeeded in causing those uprisings several times. And then they talk about Christianity, which is a religion. I can't believe you said... Which has spanned thousands of years... (laughs) And well, has applied to like millions of people that have all done extremely different things. And yeah, yeah, it's like there, if there's to say that there's no nuance in that, like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. He said a respected political and philosophical tradition. <laughs> if he had just put like really a respected political tradition as well, <laughs> <laughs> like if he had just put like a respected. Uh, philosophical tradition. Uh, okay, that's so bad. But a respected political tradition. So, where, who in the world respects Marxism as a <laughs> political tradition? Right now, I guess uh, Mao. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> he, he's finding it working out pretty well. <laughs> like maybe you can get something useful out of it philosophically if you're like reading books, but. Uh, yeah, as a political tradition, I think he's he has an uphill battle there. He wants to convince anyone of that. Yeah, yeah, and he just like states it like as if there was no academic uh like contention at all about that statement. <laughs> Uses yeah. it it's so sure that he can completely like disregard Jordan Peterson's opinion on the idea. Yeah, he must be in a really thick bubble there. Yeah, I feel really bad for Peterson. That's uh, his colleague. Like he's in, I know. He's in yeah. that world. Some friend. Yeah, it's it's like no one like when the college sent him a letter about like warning him that he has to accept uh, use like the pronouns and stuff, and then he got like very scared. But it's like no wonder he got so scared when. Like basically everyone around him, like thinks he's an extremist, yeah, and has those crazy views. Yeah, yeah. I think this this sums that up pretty well too. It's like in Jordan's hands, a claim which is merely ridiculous became dangerous. Jordan, our free speech warrior, in quotes, uh, decided to launch a website that listed that listed postmodern neo-Marxist professors <laughs> as corrupt academic disciplines, warning and uh, warning students and their parents to avoid them. Those disciplines, postmodern or not, include with women's ethnic and racial studies. <laughs> wow, surprise. Those left-wing professors were trying to, in, in quotes, indoctrinate their students into a cult, and worse, create, quote, anarchical social revolutionaries. I do not think Jordan p- believes what he says, but it's not clear from the language he uses whether it is being manipulative in trying to induce fear 
or whether he is walking a fine line between concern and paranoia. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's pretty, like, rightfully paranoid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Considering what's been happening. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty sincere too. He's yeah, I think he means what he says. Yeah, like and to claim even before like first you say, Oh, he's probably like being like insincere and just like joking or trying to manipulate people because he doesn't actually think this. No one could actually think something ridic- as ridiculous as that. And then says, and then he's also paranoid and doesn't know like what he's thinking. I'm use the rest of you. Great, that for. So that's basically this article. Sorry, you broke up for a second. Oh. Sorry, you broke up for a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the. As we were saying, yeah, this is this article is like the epitome of Jordan Peterson criticism. <laughs> like the other ones, we wouldn't even be able to discuss. Yeah, as long as we have because they don't even express coherent ideas really, which this one at least kind of does. Although the ideas are pretty bad. Yeah, it definitely expresses coherent ideas, but the points are just <laughs> like, like they're barely just coherent ideas. That's all they are. <laughs> Here's another good one. Um, The misogynistic attacks on the British broadcaster Kathy Newman after she was humiliated (laughs) and left speechless by Jordan's in the infamous gotcha moment on their TV interview (laughs) were so numerous and vicious that Jordan asked his followers to back off. These devoted followers are notorious for attacking Jordan's critics, but this was different. It was more persistent and more intense. That was not the outrage in defense of their leader who needed none. 
she was the fallen victim, and it was as if they had come in for the final kill. Like, this is so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't tell his followers to not do something. He said, if you are doing this crazy thing, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah. And like, th- this person has no context for this. Like, do they even look at what happens on the internet all the time? Like, they say this as if it's, like, yeah. something miraculous and beyond the evils that ever happen. But this happens, like, every single day to, like, random people. <laughs> and, and, yeah, there's, there's, that's really the news story there. They're <laughs> receiving some internet threats. Like I know, right? Oh, my God. And literally, like, so many people are just trolls, too. Especially among Jordan Peterson space. Like, of course they're gonna troll yeah. her. Her entire interview and... is trying to troll Jordan <laughs> Peters. Like <laughs> and yeah, I don't know how many of like those how many actually misogynist comments there were. Like, even if they were they're not something you can hold Peterson responsible for. But but Well of course not. Even yeah. like like yeah, from what I've seen and yeah, I I mean that didn't seem any like usually people will make fun of her but like all her tweets for even maybe even still now it'll under it it'll be a million comments saying so you're saying blah 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 <laughs> like th- those are the only attacks I've seen yeah I know right and they're great <laughs> that's like the perfect attack <laughs> yeah which is pretty rude it was a rude intro I remember um have you heard of the YouTube channel um counter arguments yeah they did a video called um misogynistic trolls and (laughs) the idea was breaking down what that means because like if you're a troll then what that means is that you're doing things online to get attention but you don't actually mean the things that you're doing yeah. And then to be misogynistic is to be meaningfully hateful towards women. <laughs> so it's kind of contradictory to say a misogynistic troll because they would be indistinguishable in every way from a non-misogynistic troll. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense to say that the trolls are misogynistic. Like, their comments might be misogynistic, but if you're just going to base people by whatever they happen to write online, like that's, that's not a very good way to judge people. Yeah. Especially large populations of people. Yeah. And they're not being very good trolls. If they're not, uh, being misogynistic or racist (laughs) or racist or whatever. That's like the, the number one thing, like that's like the qualifier for being a troll. You have to do that. Yeah, I mean, the point of, yeah, part of the point of trolling is to get people mad. Yeah, to get attention. Or maybe the entire point, yeah. If you're not going to do, like, the <laughs> easiest thing to get attention, which is to be racist and misogynistic, then you're just a bad troll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think I was going to say uh, if we can move on 
yeah. Yeah. I think um, his the appeal is also like almost as weird. Jordan Peterson's appeal is almost as weird as like all of the adverse reaction he's gotten. I think it's just like how uh, how strong it is and fanatical sometimes, and how successful he's been able to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is pretty crazy, yeah. like how successful he's gotten. Like it's just out of nowhere almost. Yeah, I mean, no one. There's never been anything like it, as far as far as I can tell, like yeah. ever. I'm really hopeful though that like he will be the first of many. Like I hope that this sort of thing becomes the new celebrity that people like get excited about an intellectual and then boost <laughs> them to the front grounds because that's exactly what we need, right? Like we need people yeah. that are trained um, in thinking intellectually and have experience in doing research and uh, especially with, like I guess. Psychology is a good area. But that, that would also be crazy because then inevitably some of them are going to be on the opposite side of the political spectrum, right? Probably. Well, of course, and then yeah. But there I will mean, be a huge reaction to that and then now everyone's just going to be getting mad at each other. Well, that's already what happens. Except <laughs> instead of with the intellectuals, we talk about like Kanye West. Or other stupid people that don't know what okay, they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I definitely agree. It would be way much better. Like, I'm but... not. I'm not saying really that it's like a new thing to happen to have people that are celebrities and that people round up about and get really angry about other people they disagree with. Like that, that happens all the time. I would just think that he will be the first of many intellectuals that get to be in that position that people push into the open. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy, and also another thing is that it's completely grassroots for Jordan Pearson. I I think that's why he gets so much bad reaction, especially from places like the New York Times, mm. is he hasn't gone famous through television or <laughs> uh, like traditional uh, news publishers, which is like what public intellectuals usually do. But right. he he actually he got famous from like his own YouTube channel, which he like <laughs> runs a hundred percent and like right. needs zero mediation, and there's been like nothing like that for any academic. Yeah, so to have like a following, of, I think it's like one million subscribers now. And... Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. He talks about that too, I guess. But yeah, it is really amazing and new and great and. <laughs> the kind of the direct yeah. access that you have to him is amazing. Like there are yeah. hundreds of hours of lectures online that you can use to find out more about him as compared to like most public intellectuals that you just get to look at like their interviews on public TV, which are hard to come by and are like filled with ads and are very short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, but <laughs> it's I I mostly brought it up because to say maybe it's not so great in a way, huh. or at least it yeah. <laughs> so it was funny, um, that you had that reaction, 
which is mostly mine, but <laughs> because like we like the same things about the phenomenon, but I, I mean, because he's clearly not popular just for his kind of academic ideas. He's clearly not popular because what he's saying is interesting. Like that can't be it. Because there's like there's so many uh, different like interesting academics and people who have interesting ideas. But this is like for Jordan Peterson, like his fan base is like really fanatical and like he he makes like I forget what it was like a million dollars a year or something on his Patreon, and he has like tens of thousands of uh, donors and. Like it's completely fanatical. So I, I think that's like a different level than of engagement than like you and I have had, and the kind of engagement we're usually thinking about when we think about uh, Jordan Pearson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean, and I guess that my first reaction is that. Like, this is only so recently newly available that people can actually do this. That the first few people that do it are going to be huge. Like, it's never been done before. You can dedicate so much to this one person personally. But I think as it becomes more and more common, that people are going to get used to this. Where, you know, you go on Patreon and donate directly to the people that you care about um, seeing do good work and when it becomes more and more common and people are doing it more and more often then it's not going to be like everyone gives their money to jordan peterson as their only fan like they're the hero of their life and they're the only person they really care about that they have the option to give to but as soon as there starts to be like like maybe you have 10 public intellectuals that are interesting people that you want to give money to then you're going to give a tenth as much to each one perhaps I'm, I'm not I'm not so sure though he's he's not unique in that he has a Patreon and that he posts lectures online like that doesn't really make him that unique like there's other interesting people that do that oh right? yeah so definitely I, but... I, I don't yeah I don't see that how there could be like a series of people that are doing the same thing that he's doing because there already are a lot of people that are doing what he's doing. I think you're, I think you're right that there, there definitely are a lot of people that are doing this, but it's only been around for a short amount of time and there haven't been that many people that have gone big with it yet. It's still a rising industry to go through that method. And there's still a lot of, um, traditional structures in place that kind of like focus on the traditional outlets that people are supposed to get famous through right so i definitely like there are definitely a lot of people that maybe could have been the next jordan peterson if they'd done the right things at the right time right it's definitely by what do you mean by those by the right things at the right time well i think that it's not only through his, like, I, I 100% agree with you that it's not only through his academic passions that he's become famous. Like, he's a very 
um, provocative person, and he's done provocative things, especially with regards to the bill, which I think was probably one of the biggest things that launched him into fame. And uh, like there, there's just a lot of coincidences about him as a character that are aside from his intellectual interests that have made him popular. And I think that if there was a different person who had different viewpoints, but did just as provocative things and had a similar like personality type, perhaps, I think that they would also have a chance at being as popular as him. So mm. it's not necessarily just his viewpoint that is his, like, his viewpoint and his intellectual viewpoint that are his attractor, although I think it's part of it. But I think that there are many other factors that um, are not necessarily tied to that that are making him popular. And I think that it's becoming it's going to be get, going to become easier and easier for people to become popular in that way. I, hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I wouldn't, uh, like, I would just think of YouTubers and podcasters for a good example. Like, there are lots of huge YouTubers and podcasters that have come from nowhere. And not all of them are like superstar famous like Jordan, but they're very famous and they have a big following and a lot of influence. And I think that's going to become more and more the way that people do it. As it becomes easier mm-hmm. and easier. And But for me, I I don't know. I, I think like academics have been able to post their videos and stuff for at least ten years. That you know. Well, maybe there needs to be a few dramatic people. Like I, I'm speculating here, um, definitely. But to me, it seems like like watching. Jordan Peterson and going to his events and stuff has made me more interested in finding other people that are like him, like interesting public intellectual or like academic intellectuals that are active online. Right? Like, I want to look for them and I want to listen to their podcasts. I want to watch their videos. Because, you know, I wouldn't have really thought to look for them before. Yeah, I think that's definitely one one appeal to to Peterson, like his ideas and people that are interested in that would like naturally migrate to similar thinkers. I think though, see what yeah, they're about. I think though, on the other side though, like. I'm sure a lot of, like, I, I definitely get your point that, like, a lot of people are drawn to Jordan Peterson and are fanatic about him just because of the, like, drama around him. Like, it's not necessarily for his... I don't, I don't think... Okay. It's not necessarily right. for his right. thoughts on, like, developmental psychology. But, I mean, I think that 
becoming um, interested in him will make there be a greater chance that they will actually develop an interest in that and what he's talking about. Although, yeah, I think you're how you summarize like how I think people will get drawn to him is like that I don't really know why he's Hello. Hello. But don't get it. But don't get. Sorry. This kind of you. You cut out for a minute there. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. But I was going to say, like, there's so many other people that get the that have access to the same audience through the internet but they don't get the same attention so I I think the way I don't know if you heard this but but the way you summarize like how I think people get drawn to him through like the drama but I and stuff but really I don't I think that I don't know how people get drawn to him completely so I, I think it's that's really interesting and um, so, so I think it's completely unique to him. Just because uh, it's definitely a hard metric to measure. I, mm-hmm. although, although we we do know that he's, uh, I and mean, he's been vastly more successful, successful than anyone else. That's uh, in academic. Mm-hmm. His book did really well too, and that's like a lot of his intellectual endeavors. Yeah, it's, it's done crazy well. Yeah. And you wouldn't yeah. read that if you were just Obviously. into the drama. Like, you mean, you might have been drawn to him by the drama, but if you're reading that, you're actually interested in learning about, like, the things that he's talking about. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I think, like, the drama stuff, like... It makes headlines and it'll take your attention for 30 seconds, but no more than that. Mm -hmm. So I think the drama definitely isn't the main thing, although it was was necessary to get his name. Right, yeah. It's definitely definitely something about his actual lectures and all that, but it's not necessarily... The, how intellectually interesting they are hmm. that draws people. He has a sort of personality. Because it's too fanatical for that. You know, uh, yeah, I think. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it might be. Maybe that. I don't know how well people actually like follow what he's saying. Is one thing I think, because like it's really easy to find uh, all all these critics that don't understand what he's saying at all. Oh yeah, because they'll 
like write stuff that's nonsense. But I think I think it might apply equally well to the supporters. And this is why this is I guess part of what I um, was talking about when, like I said, like it's always us talking about Jordan Pearson and not like the average fan mm-hmm. or like a bunch of other people. But like maybe most people don't aren't actually following the ideas very well at all, which like I think makes sense. Like because so many people that dislike him watch his videos and get some completely crazy message. I I don't see why just because you like him, you somehow have access to exactly what he means. That's true. And then yeah, and then I think, but on top of that, he has like recently and the way a lot of people get into it is through like his self-help or quote-unquote self-help um lectures or like video clips where he'll like give advice and i think maybe the kind of effect that advice is having is it's basically like the kind of advice that a religion or a cult gives where he like kind of cites some uh like a widely respected philosopher like Nietzsche or Freud and then he'll like cite a bunch of facts or go through like a long argument and then he'll give people advice but maybe for some people they just take like the advice part and the whole back uh, argument backing up they like it might as well be like a sermon they're listening to and the quotes, when he quotes Nietzsche, he might as well be quoting the Bible, maybe. Because it's not like um, everyone has read the works that they're coming from. So taking his word for the interpretations of the philosophers and citing. Hmm. So I guess maybe ultimately for a lot of people, because like we constantly, constantly hear about people that are like, oh, Jordan Pearson changed my life. And, and that's like the the main fan base, I think, and the core support he's getting and his core motivation for doing all of it, which like he'll, he'll say that in interviews, like, right. I, I know I'm doing the right thing. Not, he doesn't, he didn't say because his book sold well, contrary to what that person's saying, but he says he's, he knows he's doing the right thing because every single lecture, like hundreds of people will go up to him and say like, you changed my life. But maybe like for those people, it's, well, I think it definitely is. It's like a religion in a way. And maybe it's also like a religion in the way that uh, they're not uh, even following the arguments particularly closely. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting um, analysis. I guess that it would be interesting to kind of compare specific features of it to like religion and cults and stuff. Yeah, I think well one one feature for sh- I think is people like Freud and Freud and Nietzsche. And or he usually he's not directly quoting but he's kind of giving their interpretations. And like we've like you and I have read him before and we kind of 
interpretations from reading Nietzsche like without any reference to any outside source. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.